Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Uh, Thanks for tuning in today, and uh, today we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to Pastor Margaret's heart. Pastor Margaret, uh, tell us about what we'll be talking about today. Well, uh, thanks, Grayson. Today is a a special topic um, for me. Uh, It's one I'm passionate about, and I think I'm passionate about it because I have found so much help and hope. Um, in my own life, I am talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. It's called Celebrate Recovery, and I'm passionate about it because I've been the recipient of the effects of going through um, Celebrate Recovery, you know, and today's not just about Celebrate Recovery. Um, We're talking in the context of recovery today, but I want to say that um, we're not the only ones that have a program. We've been um, running for four years. We're in our fifth year now. Uh, We meet every Monday night, but we're not the only program. There are many churches throughout the valley um, and our world that have 12-step programs. The one thing that I do love about Celebrate Recovery is it is a 12-step program, but it is Christ-centered. We name our higher power as Jesus. And... This has been a lifeline for me, and I think it's one of those things that when we were talking about Celebrate Recovery, and we've had people on the program before from Celebrate Recovery that have said, hey, I was going to be a part of this program so I could help other people, but in the meantime, uh, God helped me, and that's my story for sure. The one thing that I really love about this particular 12-step program is that it has eight principles that are based in the Beatitudes. And 30-plus years ago, someone in Rick Warren's church at Saddleback named John Baker came up with this program. And, you know, he went to Rick, and Rick has given so much to the church over the years in resources. And these eight principles that Celebrate Recovery goes by based on the Beatitudes. Rick Warren um, is the one that came up with them. And so he and John Baker together were able to start this program that has been around for over 30 years and is around the world. I know we're going into our fifth year, and I just want to give testimony today to the fact that It's not that you go to a Celebrate Recovery group and your life suddenly gets better. But what happens is we learn how to think with the mind of Christ. We can go back, and you've probably heard that term, you know, for anyone that has a hurt, a hang-up, or habit. And we've all been hurt. Ruth Graham said it the best when she wrote a book and she titled it, On Every Pew Sits a Broken Heart. And we have been born into a world of sin, so we all have hurt. And all of our hurt looks different, but it's 
could be classified as any life experience that may have damaged your heart or an offense against you that crippled your ability to deal with the world in a healthy way. Something that may have twisted your view of yourself, God, or others. So we've all been hurt. If you've made it this far and you haven't been hurt, I'm not sure you're human. (laughs) You know, we all have them. And what happens, and I want to get into the eight principles and the 12 steps just a little bit um, to break them down. And it's such a beautiful thing, the way they are set up. And I also want to share that there's a couple different ways that you can engage recovery. Um, We have three ways at Harrisonburg, and and I want to talk more about that. I want to share about just hurts, hangups, and habits for just a second um, before we go there. You know, when we've been hurt, the habits um, tend to be just unhealthy patterns that often start as maybe a perceived remedy for some problem we have in our life but it ends up turning into like bad behavior or addiction. And that habit is those things that are on repeat, like the script that you run to when the going gets tough and it continually leads to trouble in your life. And um, that can be a myriad of things. Um, But it's the way I say it is how many times we'll go down that same road and fall in that same hole or how many times are you go around that mountain and end up the same place. Um, those are habits, and there's so many, I'm not even going to go there because everyone knows what theirs are. If you don't, it's a great thing to reflect on. Um, what are the roads that we go down that end us up in a place that we really wish we weren't at? And then hang up. Uh, this is where we have those roadblocks that keep us from progressing further in the plan God has for us. They can be shaped by bent thinking um, that you may have received as a child or an unhealthy attitude you may have adopted as means of coping with life's challenges. And again, very, very long list of things there that I'm not going to get into because as soon as I say one thing, somebody will say, well, I don't have that, so I don't have a, you know. But yeah, we are human. We are human to the core, and there are things that we cannot get through life and not run into, and that is being hurt. We could give those hurts to the Lord, and He can make a beautiful message out of that mess. (laughs) But it's a journey. The 12-step process is a journey, and it's so interesting because when you look at the journey of the 12 steps, the first thing that we have to do is we have to reconcile with God. And interestingly, the first step says we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors and that our lives have become unmanageable. And that is coming out of denial. That is the first step is just admitting, hey, I've got a problem. And that is hard, not easy to do. But we have to come to that realization that uh, we're not in control. And that brings us to a place of humility. In James 4, when the words um, submit yourselves to God, that's an act of humility. To understand that we can't do it on our own. And God never intended us to do it on our own. He always wanted to walk with us. And we can look in the garden at Adam and Eve and understand how quickly... Um, humanity realizes that when we try to do it on our own, man, we really mess it up. Yeah, Pastor Margaret, just some of the thoughts I've had as you've been talking is like, on our own, 
We will mess up, but we need the Lord to help recover from these hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We don't have the strength on our own. We need His strength. And also, as you were talking about, He can take our mess and turn it into a message or turn it into a miracle. I was reminded about last week on the program, I'd had Reverend James Sproul, and he was talking about Romans 8.28, about how God causes all things, all things to work together for the good of those who praise him and are called according to his purpose. And he talked about the composter, God as a composter. I had never heard that before, but he talked about how God takes all the scraps, all the mess, all the stuff that might not seem usable, and he makes it. He uses, just like a composter uses all the scraps and stuff to make fertilizer, God can use the dirty, the hurtful things, the bad things in our past and use it for a good future. He can turn it, like you said, turn the mess into a message. Absolutely. And, you know, we have to come to that place where we believe that there's a power greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity. And that is the second step. Uh, The principle that goes with that uh, is believe God exists, that I matter to him, and he has the power to help me recover. Like, that is where that is that is fertilizer right there that will make something grow when we can get to that point where we realize that that we matter to god because honestly i think a lot of times we make decisions because we believe we don't matter and if we could understand how much we do matter and that we live in a world where we have free will and so with free will comes hurt. Um, We have to be conscious of the decisions we make. I've hurt people deeply. Um, Free Jesus. You know, my life was a train wreck. And when I accepted Christ, the, the after effects of all of that was still in place. Like God forgave me for those things, but I had not recovered. Um, And actually, really, he was healing me all along as we lean into him. He comes in and let's go back to James again. Come close to me. And, you know, God says, and he will come close to us. And when we come under that shelter of the Almighty and we lay all that stuff down at the compost pile, it can really, um, that's where fruit begins to be grown. And, you know, Grayson, you given the James Sproul compost um, example, I will give you one too. And for those listening that plant gardens and um, you'll appreciate this one and probably know it already, but when you plant like asparagus, so when you plant that asparagus, you lay the roots down in a three foot deep ditch. And then you begin to put a layer of dirt and a layer of fertilizer, AKA manure (laughs) over that dirt. And you wait. And you wait until you see those little green sprigs of asparagus popping up. And guess what you do? You put another layer of dirt and another layer of fertilizer, a.k.a. manure. (laughs) And you do that until that plant is ground level. And what has happened is you have built a foundation, a strong root system for that asparagus to grow because if the asparagus don't have a good root system, it's just going to fall over uh, because it gets really big and 
And, and, you know, we can look at our life and we're going through something tough and we we just don't understand why we're going through it. Like, Lord, why? Why is this happening to me? And, you know, that is where we're made strong is in the hard times. When those things come, um, it's like you said, God doesn't intend to hurt us. Those things that happen to us, that's not the life he intended for us, but because of sin, that is our reality. And so we must press on. Um, he did tell us that we would suffer, that life wouldn't be easy, but he said he would be with us. And he's given us a couple really in James 4, which we talked on today in the message, um, James 4 gives us some really clear examples that we have to, we have to submit to God, resist the enemy, and you know, there is this war for our souls, and it's a real thing. There is a battle in the heavenly for our souls, and it it amazes me as I look at this scripture, um, how the scripture says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you, and isn't that a picture? God is a gentleman. He doesn't push himself on us, but he speaks to us with a still small voice. He beckons us to come. The enemy, on the other hand, we have to resist him. He comes at us like a force, like a wrecking ball. He just wants to wreck our lives. And God is trying to bring us to a place where we quit trying to do it on our own. And I heard someone in Silver Recovery the other day say that really going through the 12 steps is a really a work of sanctification in our lives. And so I want to talk a little bit about a deeper level of weapon shares on Monday night. And we know we have step studies that we do um, in Bible studies. And I want to share a little bit more about that. But before I do that, I want to walk us through. So this idea that we reconcile with God, submit to God, understanding that our lives are unmanageable is really a place of humility. Like we have to, that's a humbling thing to realize that we can't do it on our own. But that's when God can really take over and begin to give us new life and give us abundant life. And so as we go through the steps, the next big thing after reconciling with God is to reconcile with ourselves. You know, the great commandment that we have, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and your neighbor as yourself means that we have to reconcile with ourselves. Like if we cannot reconcile with ourselves and we can't love ourselves, and that's not in a wrong way. That's not give me everything I want because I, you know, it's all about me. No, but I have to understand that I am made in the image of God and that I matter to God. Remember that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Absolutely. So, you know, we have to take an inventory of ourselves and then We learn to be vulnerable. When we reconcile with ourselves, we have to be honest. James says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Um, That's James 5.16. And that step of examining and confessing my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust, man, that's vulnerable. That's a vulnerable place, but that's where we find healing. So often we look around, and I'm just going to say, especially in the church, we look around and go, well, they wouldn't understand me, or that, you know, they wouldn't understand because they've never been where I am. And that's 
quite honestly, everybody has a story. And we really can't make ours worse than other people's, although sometimes it does seem like we all have at different seasons in our life, different things have happened. Um, and we can't weigh that whether we're worse than someone else. Because the ground is level at the foot of the cross, you know, God meets us all the same as we come to him. So there is that vulnerability. And then once we get to that place of reconciliation with ourselves, then there's this idea of reconciling with others. And that's just a place of getting on it. Man, I'm going to have to evaluate all my relationships. I'm going to have to offer forgiveness to those that have hurt me and make amends for the harm I've done um, to others when, and when possible, when possible. But I would not do that if it would harm someone else or others. You know, I wouldn't. Sometimes we, you know, we have to be wise with those relationships. And sometimes it's just not possible to go back and have it. But we have to evaluate our life and just be honest. Not easy, but really important in the community of believers. Yeah, and Pastor Margaret, as you've been talking, some of the thoughts that I have, step number three, you know, we talk a lot about surrender on this podcast and about surrendering to God. You use the word submit, but submit and surrender, I think, can go hand in hand. So, you know, we can't do it on our own, but we also, like you said, God is a gentleman. He's not going to push himself on us. The enemy is the one that tries to, you know, push himself on us. As you were talking about God being a gentleman, I thought about something I've heard my dad say before that the way the Lord speaks to us is like he holds out his hand and wants to take us by the hand and guide us gently. And the enemy is the one who's like pushing us in the back, trying to make us feel uncomfortable, you know. So we know that the loving spirit, the quiet voice is the Lord that if it's something negative, something that's trying to get us down or discourage us or make us feel like, well, nobody will understand us, then that's not from God. That's from the enemy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, God has a perfect plan for our life. And the enemy has a plan, too. And it's just to keep us out of God. Right. He doesn't care how he gets that done. He doesn't care how it happens. He just does not want us to be submitted and surrendered. And this is a journey of sanctification. It is a wonderful journey. Uh, it's a journey that, um, like I said, I've been on it for, I'm in my fifth year. So once we have made it through that area of reconciliation with others, just being honest, um, evaluating our relationship, as we continue to take personal inventory of ourselves, we learn when we're wrong just to deal with it. You know, don't let it fester. Just deal with it. Um, and there's so much shame that we can carry when we don't deal with our things when they happen. doesn't mean that we never make a mistake again, but we have tools and resources now that we maybe re respond differently than we would have. That way we would respond, that would get us down that same road and fall in that same hole. Now we're taking a moment, asking for the mind of Christ and having different conversations because of this journey that we're on. And by the time we get to the 12th step, which is having a, had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all of our affairs. And that takes us to a place where we are serving out of a heart of gratitude for what God has done in our life. It's that place of giving back and serving. And, you know, that's what God calls us to in the church. 
is to serve and to be a part. And sometimes we carry so much hurt and baggage, we don't feel that we have it in us to serve. But I have watched time and again uh, going through this journey with folks and watching them become so grateful and just wanting to give back in any way that they can. Um, It's been really powerful to be a part of. And just to see the transformation, is it an easy journey? Oh, no, it's not. Because honestly, we have to kind of go back and dig up some stuff just to make sure we pick it up, we look at it, it's multifaceted, and we have to work through it. We don't just leave it lay there, we don't sweep it under the rug, but we actually pick it up and hand it to the Lord and say, God, I can't do anything with this. It was a mess then, it's still a mess, and I really just want to find my way past that hurt that I keep going back to again and again and again. And, you know, it's, I love um, what someone says. It says it's a Christ-centered recovery program. It's about recovering a relationship with God. Everything else is secondary, meaning that every other relationship that we have is a benefit of having a good relationship with God. That's just a powerful thought. Sometimes we're trying so hard to work on our own relationship, we don't understand why. Why can't I, you know, work this out with this person? And maybe it is that we need to pull out some things, take a look at our life, and do that in a place that we feel we have trust, which is a huge, huge part of this. It is hard. One of the hardest things that people can do is walk into a 12-step program. I'm telling you, we say all the time to our newcomers, hey, you just walked in from the parking lot. We know how hard that is because we've had to walk in too. And it is admitting, hey, there's something here and I have to deal with this. And quite honestly, that's the beautiful thing about Celebrate Recovery because everybody there is there because they've come to that place where they go, hey, I can't deal with this on my own. I need to have a community of people that can walk with me and that are admitting to that they have a problem. And so on Monday night, you know, we have a large group and then we break into what we call open share. And that is a place where we can speak and be heard. Everybody has the same opportunity just to state where they are and sometimes speaking it is well not sometimes it is always powerful to be able to just speak our truth and not have someone fix us we're not counselors it is a god-led program we facilitate the conversations and most often when people come and they get through that initial hurt they're really beginning to grow and they want something deeper another discipleship option it's a deeper discipleship it's more of a bible study it's a much greater commitment and this is something that's open we would love for you to come on monday night but if that is something that's never going to happen there is another option actually there's two more options Um, i'll tell you the long one the more in-depth one first and they're called step studies and these studies are just it is a study of the beatitudes on the eight principles that rick warren came up with that coincide with the 12 steps of celebrate recovery and there are study groups like a private closed group that goes through the 12 steps but and the eight principles and it takes about nine months but it is one of the best bible studies that i've I think I've ever been through. I had said, I actually did an interview recently on Caleb, 
talking about Celebrate Recovery. And I made a comment that so often we we do Bible study to learn to know about God and, uh, and about His Word. And this study is when we read God's Word and allow it to read us and to help us find that abundant life that God has for us on this earth. And so there is going to be an opportunity to join sub-studies over um, the next month. And we'll put some information um, in at the end of this where you can get involved, where you can join up, sign up. You can just come on Monday night if that sounds like something that you would like to try. Uh, but then if you want a deeper study in the month of February, we'll be starting step studies. And so we would love to hear from you on that. Pastor Margaret, for those that would like more information and they're listening, what would be the best way for them to email or call the church or what would be the best way for them to find out more about that if they were interested? They can email at Celebrate Recovery at cotnaz.org. They can also go on um, our website and there's a Celebrate Recovery page. And so there'll be a link there. They can go to our Celebrate Recovery page on our church website and find out more information there as far as how to get connected. And our church website is um, www.cotnaz.org backslash celebrate recovery. Well, thank you for sharing that, Pastor Margaret. And also a scripture verse that you mentioned before we started the broadcast today that I want to share kind of in closing here is James 5, uh, verse 16, which says, So admit your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you will be healed. Prayers offered by those who have God's approval are effective. Absolutely. Yeah. The enemy, the last thing he wants us to do, because he knows the freedom that's coming, if we'll do it. And that is to join in authentic Christian community and be real. He doesn't want that. He wants us to feel shame, remorse. He wants us to feel like we're not good enough. Like he comes with all the lies. And this is just an opportunity. It's just one right answer. And like I said, there are um, actually, there's a Celebrate Recovery that just started up at Cornerstone Church in Harrisonburg. Um, they meet on Thursday nights. We meet on Monday. Grace Covenant has a recovery program, one that meets on Thursday nights. And I know there's more. That, those are just two that come to my mind right now. Um, Asbury, we have it not only in English, but we have it in Spanish. So if you go to the Spanish website, you can see Esperanza Viva website. If you know someone that speaks Spanish, there's an opportunity for that as well. That's the only Spanish-speaking Celebrate Recovery in the area that I'm aware of. And then there's one other piece of this program, and that's something that will be coming after Easter. It's called Life Healing Choices, and it is on the eight principles. It's an eight-week program. It's an eight-week Bible study. It's something that we'll be doing on Sunday mornings at 1030 uh, we're, we'll have an opportunity to come together for a Bible study for about an hour uh, a week on Sunday mornings, And that's a great way if you're like, I don't know if I'm up for Monday nights. I don't know if I'm up for a nine-month study. Well, if you want a teaser, if you want to dip your toes in the water, the Sunday morning option, life-stealing choices, um, is a really 
great way to kind of test out this program. These are discipleship uh, opportunities that they're well engaged uh, by our Silver Recovery community, which is some people from our church, a lot of people from our community. But I just have a real heart and desire to help our people within the church to engage uh, this curriculum because I can testify that you will have new life um, and God will give it to you abundantly as you submit to him. Amen. Our address here at Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg campus is 1871 Boyers Road, um, for the Celebrate Recovery in English and Spanish on Monday night and for the Life's Healing Choices that will begin later this year on Sunday morning. Uh, thank you for listening to today's broadcast. I pray that as Pastor Margaret has shared about Celebrate Recovery, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.